0: Welcome, everybody. I come to you today with kind of a, a heavy heart, I guess you could say. Uh, I've just come back from the funeral of a dear friend of mine. Uh, this friend, he chose to take his own life. Um, now, I know this is this podcast is about uh, the LGBT community and how it relates to um, with the uh, lds community the conflicts and those kinds of things that said i'm just feeling really strongly that i want to talk about suicide say which i think relates pretty uh, significantly to the lgbt community Uh, in utah we've got a problem utah has we have the fifth highest suicide rate in the nation and we have the highest suicide rate for adolescents ages 10 to 17. Um, and that Number keeps getting higher and higher in Utah. Back in, um, we we've gotten up to I think thirty-four um, out of every out of every hundred thousand people will commit suicide in the state of Utah, and that's really high. And there's been a lot of discussion as to why that is, and I have my own theories, and I want to talk about some of that today. So, this is Rainbow Mormon Podcast. This is February 4th, 2019, episode 2. I'm your host, Danny Caldwell, broadcasting from Orem, Utah, in the heart of Happy Valley. So, this is something that has been, um, suicide has been just a topic within the community in Utah for quite some time. As I stated, we have one of the highest youth suicide rates in the, the country, one of the highest suicide rates in general. There's been a lot of different theories as to why this is. Uh, one common one, as, as I teach at school, I oftentimes have people, uh, students bring up the, the study that there's some kind of correlation between the altitude in Utah and suicide, and that the altitude changes serotonin and dopamine levels, which changes... Um, which causes someone to be depressed. So we have more people who are depressed. Therefore, we have higher suicide. Well, I'm not going to discount that. I haven't done the research to know for sure if that's true or not. And could that be contributing to some of the suicide? For sure. But it's not the reason we're having the problem that we're having. If it was, the suicide rate would stay the same. We look at the United States, and since 1999, the suicide rate for, for men has stayed right about um, at 20 per 100,000 uh, people. Um, but in Utah, we see that it keeps rising, and we're up to um, let's see, the last I saw was um, we're up, up over 30%, about 35% um, now. Uh, I guess at thirty. in 2017 so we see that this just continues to rise we see the same trend with women although women aren't nearly as high Um, women in Utah that has been rising and peaked at about 21 out of 100,000 people whereas nationally it stays right about um, 5 out of 100,000 so we see that this this keeps happening if it was due to uh, to um, altitude, we'd see that we would always just have a high suicide rate. We'd also see that places such as Colorado, other states would also have a high suicide rate, and those with a higher altitude would have a much higher suicide rate, and we don't see that that's the case. Some of this um, comes from the fact that we do see that in the Rocky Mountain states, we tend to have a higher suicide rate. And so, oh, it must have to do with the altitude. But we don't see that trend throughout the world and it's not the case um, that the higher the altitude the higher the suicide so doesn't make particular sense so what is the problem so recently there was a there's been a, a study that has come out that recently that has stated that um this study has been funded by the state of Utah to try to figure out what the the problem is it's being led by a researcher, Michael Staley. Michael Staley is a gay man. Um, a lot of the theory has been that the LDS church and the way and the culture that it has created is part of the suicide problem. Michael Staley is saying that there um, that's not the case um, based on the research. And, and I'd like to kind of critique that. There was a video that came out on South Palm Media on YouTube this week that talks about the suicide rate. it's very much defending uh, the church's position on this uh, and so I'd like to just kind of listen to some of this and kind of share my feelings about what is um, what is being being said about this. So here is that the first bit of that video from YouTube.
1: Today, I want to talk about a very sensitive subject, the subject of suicide. And I hope you all realize that I take this topic extremely seriously. I personally have lost friends and relatives to suicide. If you or anyone you know feels suicidal, I have a suicide hotline listed in the description, and if anyone watching needs someone to talk to, don't hesitate to reach out to me personally. With that in mind, I also think it is very important that we are accurate when discussing such a serious topic. There is a narrative being pushed pretty aggressively that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is driving gay people to suicide because of intolerance.
0: Okay, so that first section, I just want to talk a little bit. I know I'm probably going to talk way too much about this, um, but I'm pretty passionate about it. So he talks about that he wants to be accurate and I am right on board with that. I want to talk about suicide accurately as well and suicide is complicated. Um, it's super difficult to research because what we're stuttering the people we're studying aren't alive anymore so that um, adds a, a piece of complication and it's uh, difficult to study because it's something that people, uh, there's a lot of shame around it so people don't want to talk about it so it's it's difficult to study, and it's difficult to be accurate about it. But what he says is that he wants to be accurate, and then states that the church is driving, or people are driving a pretty aggressively a stance that the church is driving gay people to suicide because of intolerance. Now, is the church a hundred percent responsible for every suicide in Utah? Absolutely not. That would be ridiculous. But I think in a state where the majority population is LDS there's a culture very much driven by that culture to ignore that is pretty ignorant um, that that wouldn't be a piece we've got to look at what makes Utah different and that's something that makes Utah different so to just brush it away is ridiculous um, so what are they talking about with uh, you know the church has been intolerant of gay people so the church has had a lot of stances um it's shifted over time on their stance on homosexuality homosexuality used to be seen as a uh, a sin to experience those those feelings those homosexual attractions was a sin period they have softened on that and kind of the the standard idea now is that it is not a sin to have the attractions but it is a sin to act on those attractions so that is is kind of the intolerance that we're seeing Um, gay people typically feel not if they are not living celibately or married to a straight spouse or in a relationship with a straight person they oftentimes feel they are not welcome in LDS uh, churches and you know from just talking with uh, like my students who many many of my students at the university here locally are LDS there is a feeling I talk about gay marriage and I would say and this is a young population in their early 20s I'd say at least a quarter of my students uh, feel that homo uh, that gay marriage is wrong period and should not be allowed so that's kind of whether that's coming directly from the church that's kind of the the culture that is is being created And, you know, if I feel like the only way I'm accepted in this community that I was raised in is to not pursue a relationship that feels right and good to me, it is going to feel very intolerant, and I am going to feel sad about that. So, just in a nutshell, that's kind of the intolerance that, that he's referring to. The church has a stance on homosexuality that children of homosexual couples are not allowed to... Uh, be baptized until they're 18 and they renounce their parents marriage they are gay couples if you are to marry um, someone of the same sex you are considered an an apostate within the church and you are uh, excommunicated that's the the current policy so it's it's easy to see why they might feel um, that there's some intolerance so let's listen to um, the next little bit of this clip
1: Usually to back this assumption, the growing rate of suicide in Utah is touted as hard evidence. Now right off the bat, it should be noted that only about 20-25% to of people in Utah are active members of the church. So making assumptions about the entire church based on a single state where about 80% of the population are not even active participants in that faith is just statistically invalid. And to compound matters, the culture of Utah is its own beast, and is quite different from the rest of the church, as nearly any member will tell you. Also, keep in mind that only one out of every ten members of the church is an active member living in Utah, and there is no evidence of higher rates of suicide amongst the church generally. The bottom line is that it's invalid to make a claim that the church is driving people to suicide just because the state of Utah has a rising rate of. All
0: right, so uh, let's jump into that last little bit. So he first states that um, only about 20 to 25 percent of the state are active members. First off, 20 to 25 percent of a state—that's uh, a lot of people. I mean, that's a quarter of the state are active members of the church. Um, but he also makes it sound like that's that's the only members in the church. The truth is that uh, Utah overall has over 50% um, membership. The people who live in Utah, 50% are members of the Mormon church. The other piece is that certain areas, so like Salt Lake County, the two biggest counties, he'll re- reference those in just a minute, but... Um, Salt Lake County is just under 50% um, Mormon or LDS, whereas Utah County, which is the next largest and just over the mountain from um, Salt Lake County, is about 85%. These are new statistics that just came out. Um, So 85% of um, the second largest population-wise county in the state of Utah is um, of the Mormon faith now i don't believe that that 20 to 25 percent are active is accurate Um, i grew up in utah county i went to high school there and 95 percent of our high school was enrolled in seminary which is basically a time that we're released from school for an hour to go to a religious class only active usually only active members of the church would go to that and 95 percent of my high school did in utah county Now, that might be less now, but I don't think that it's only 20 to 25% are active members. And even if that is the case, let's just say that it is. That doesn't mean that 20 to 25% don't still believe in aspects of that. That doesn't mean that 20 to 25% or that there's more than that 20 to 25% that still um, consider themselves. Um, Mormon that still care what the church says about things and that um, still influences still live in a community and have cultures and customs that reflect the upbringing of being raised in that that belief system. The other thing to um, understand is that Utah is unique in that because there are so many LDS people, um, especially in our legislature. Um, the majority of our legislature are LDS, whereas our population does not reflect that that same percentage. So a lot of things that are done in the state, um, even things that are not related to, um, to the church, often have a church influence in them. Um, Things like um, LDS prayers being given at city council meetings. Um, In high school, I remember we had LDS hymn books in my choir class, and we would sing out of those from time to time. Um, That not living the, the standards of the church, you are looked down on by the majority of your community. There still is a lot of influence. Just saying that, oh, there's only... 20 to 25% that are active doesn't mean that the community isn't influenced by that and isn't affected by it regardless of 20 to 25% it is even if that is accurate it is still the biggest religious um, grouping in in Utah I think the other thing to understand about Mormonism is it's not like a you know if I go to um I don't know, down to Texas, let's say. And, you know, I can be Christian and go to this church, where someone else is Christian and goes to that church. We're all Christian. We all believe the same thing, but we all go to different churches. And, you know, I don't like maybe one way that this church is teaching something, so I choose to go to another church. That's not how Mormonism works. Um, the Mormon church is governed by a... Um, the, Every church congregation that you go to is split into, it's called a ward. And that is a geographical area that if you live within that, you're going to go to church at this location. And you aren't supposed to go to church outside of that. And all of those wards are governed by stakes, which are, you know, a few um, different wards that are all. Uh, you know, five or six wards, maybe more than that, in a geogra- geographical area. And then those stakes are in regions, and those regions are all governed by the same church body. Um, you go to church in, you know, the Netherlands tomorrow or on this coming Sunday, you're going to have the same lesson in Sunday school that they would be having in Utah. It is all organized and under the same same umbrella so i think that's important to understand that the influence of the lds church is different than just like a small christian community Um, it is a very large organization that everybody under that organization is supposed to live within certain standards and have certain beliefs and if you don't believe that um, there isn't another mormon church to go to that's it you can't pick and choose which ones you're going to go to so just some understanding um, he also uh, talks about members outside of of Utah um, that only um, one in 10 is a, an active member in of the Mormons is an active member in Utah and we don't see higher suicide rates outside of Within the Mormon population outside, and I I think that has a lot to do once again with the culture here. We have a high population that is influence that influences the culture of the community. Whereas, if I was a Mormon in New York City, I still have a very open-minded and accepting community around me, even if I might not be totally feeling that at church. Whereas in Utah, if I'm not feeling that at church, I'm not going to be feeling it at school. I'm not going to be feeling it at at work. I'm not going to be feeling it anywhere because I'm surrounded by this so his his claim that those statistics make this invalid is ridiculous and that's something when you're looking at behavioral science uh, and social sciences there are so many variables you can get an answer but you have to stop and look at the whole picture Um, talk to people just showing numbers doesn't tell you the whole story you've got to talk to people And that's what I do as a therapist. I talk with people. I've talked to hundreds of gay Mormon men. I know what their experiences are. I was one. I know what their experience is. And just looking at the numbers, it doesn't tell the whole story. So let's uh, listen to the next part of this.
1: Suicide. Not only this, but the state legislature in Utah recently commissioned a huge study to find out what is driving up their suicide rate. The lead researcher on this project, Michael Staley, uh, a gay man himself, recently said that there is zero data that indicated the LDS church is behind Utah's rising suicide rate. And you can look yourself. When looking county by county in Utah, you find that there's no correlation between higher LDS populations and higher suicide rates. The two largest counties in Utah are Salt Lake County and Utah County. With Utah County having a significantly higher LDS population. Yet, Salt Lake County is the county with the higher suicide rate. Still, let's set the data aside for a minute. Isn't it logical to assume that the church drives gay people to suicide considering the church's opposition to gay marriage and its teachings that homosexual behavior is a serious sin? Actually, no. Neither the data nor the logic support this conclusion. For instance, The church certainly was much harsher in its denunciation of homosexuality in the 50s, 60s, and 70s than it is now, yet the suicide rates were low during those years. On the other hand, over the past 10 years, just as the church has softened its tone substantially on homosexuality, the suicide rate has been going up. So how could we conclude that intolerant rhetoric from the church is to blame for a rise in suicides if the biggest rise in suicides was happening at the exact same time that the church was softening its tone? It just doesn't make All right.
0: I start getting kind of worked up as I, as I listen to this because it really is frustrating because I talk to these people every day and I feel like what's being said is not accurately portraying the struggle and the pain that they are going through. So what he says is there is zero data, based on this one study, that the church has any... Um, um, affects the suicide rate at all. Now, I, I, I don't know about that. I would say the way that this study is happening, if we're just looking at numbers, like correlation, he talks about that, county to county, you know, higher, more in population does not indicate a higher suicide rate that that, therefore, just completely throws out the idea that um, the church has anything to do with it. Once again, is the church solely responsible for every suicide in the state? Absolutely not. That would be ridiculous. But to say that it has no part and there's zero correlation, that's asinine, in my opinion, to think that it has no effect whatsoever. So let's look at this. So county to county. Um, So a higher population doesn't necessarily um, mean that there is a higher LDS population doesn't mean there's going to be higher suicide rates. I think one thing we need to look at is many, many um, of those counties um, that tend to have the higher um, LDS population tend to be less um, accepting, less tolerant of gay people. Um, I live in Utah County, which he he references, which has an ex- a much, much higher um, LDS population than Salt Lake County. But down in Utah County, I don't know many gay people. Most of them end up moving to Salt Lake. Um, I have very few gay friends who stay in Utah. They move to Salt Lake County because Salt Lake County is much more accepting. So you think that a lot of these, so suicide rate is higher in Salt Lake County. I would argue that many of these gay people are moving to Salt Lake to get away from it, but yet they're still influenced by the culture. Their family is still part of it. Some of them are feeling rejected by their families. And so it is hard to. Um, so a lot of them choose to, you know, end their life because their families are so important to them. They don't want to let their parents down. So. Just saying, just looking at these numbers of more in population versus that, we've got to look at the whole picture. There's so many other little, little pieces. Um, once again, he talks about logic and data don't support it. I disagree. He talks about in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, when the church's rhetoric was much more anti gay, that the suicide rates were much lower. And just as the church softens its tone, we see an increase. Okay, first off, in the 56s and '70s, um, they didn't talk about um, LGBT things very much. It was subtle. It was said. It was more morality things that were talked about. But um, we saw the significant increase of talking about it in the '80s, '90s, and on. With that said, yes, the tone somewhat had. I don't, I don't even know if I would say it has softened. It's changed. Um, the tone may have softened, but the message has not changed. Um, so, first off, 56 and 60s, 70s, they didn't keep as accurate of data as suicides. People would hide suicides a lot more because there was a lo- lot more shame associated with it. So, things that were suicide would be covered up as, as accidents. So, I don't know that we can say that we know that for sure, that the suicide rate was lower. But let's just say that it was. I would say... So we, I mean, we have statements in since the '70s from um, church leaders making uh, statements about um, gay marriage, calling it—I um, mean, all kinds of horrible things—talking about gay marriage, that the destruction of family, and the, it's going to be the destruction of of um, morals and um, and values. In and then we also. Um, see that in the 90s is when the Proclamation to the Family came out. Now, the Proclamation to the Family was a, a document that was issued by the church to um, kind of explain its stance on, on families and what that, um, the importance that the church finds in families, etc. And I am just pulling it up here. So I can read it. Um, So, proclamation to the family. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing um, just for the sake of time. But in, um, I mean, there's certain statements made throughout it. And the church uses this, that this is doctrine. This is not just something that was said. This is doctrine, and the church holds to that. But it says things... um, Like, all human beings, male and female, are created in the image of God. Each is a beloved spirit son or daughter of heavenly parents, and as such, each has a divine nature and destiny. Gender is an essential characteristic of individual, premortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose. So right there, we kind of um, negate the experience of um, transgender people. Now, um, we have the first commandment that God gave to Adam and Eve pertain to their potential for parenthood as husband and wife. We declare that God's commandments for his children to multiply and replenish the earth remains in force. We further declare that God has commanded that the sacred powers of procreation are to be employed only between man and woman, lawfully wedded as husband and wife. So there we go, negating the experience of of gay people. That you are not allowed to have a sexual relationship with someone that you're in love with if that's not a someone of the opposite sex that you are married to so that came out in the 90s then we have and and if you look at the the rise in suicide we see things start to um utah we see a steady rise and then we see things start to kind of taper out and then we see another rise again and that happens right about just after um 2008 so someone could say that that was the recession Um, which we saw an increase in suicides everywhere, but we see it just continue to go up in Utah. 2008 was right around the time of the Prop 8 situation in California, which the LDS Church was very strongly supporting um, to make it illegal for um, um, same-sex couples to get married in California, and they pushed and pushed and pushed for that. Um, And Put a lot of money into that and encouraged uh, members to volunteer their time to to spread that so we see that so if you're thinking i'm a i'm a gay kid no one knows about me but yet i hear my church saying we need to support this that gay marriage is wrong and i hear my parents saying that oh yeah we need to support that i see my parents donating money to this cause that's gonna hurt um so then we see things going up and then we think see things start to go down a little bit and Um, And this was when when we saw suicide go down after um, gay marriage was made legal um, nationwide. So, think as a gay kid, oh my gosh, there's acceptance. But then we see all of a sudden it spikes back up again in Utah. What happened in 2015? And November 2015, it was leaked that a... A policy change had been made in the handbook for leaders of the church which stated that individuals who um, children of gay couples would not be allowed to be baptized until they were 18 at which point they could be baptized but they had to basically denounce um, their parents marriage basically say that I don't agree with it in order to be baptized with that same policy it was also stated that those who um, enter into a same-sex marriage are considered apostate um and basically that means you will be excommunicated from the church so once again we see this oh good gay people are going to be accepted and then boom it's knocked down again in within utah and within the church we st- gay people started feeling okay we're accepted and then um oh well we're accepted but not where i live not with my family not with my community. So. To say that the tone has softened, I would very much disagree with. Yes, the church has a website that he's going to reference in just a minute, mormonandgay.org, uh, which, yeah, says love gay people. Um, but there's no solution for them on how to be happy. Um, it says basically, you know, live alone your entire life or try to make a heterosexual marriage work. It's not a helpful resource in my opinion to give real answers and real options for those trying to figure out what's going on so let's listen to the next little piece of this
1: sense now please don't misunderstand there certainly are members of our faith right now who isolate and mistreat gay members of their families we all have heard those stories and they are completely inexcusable but those members who shun and mistreat gay family members do that in spite of not because of the church's teachings. If you doubt that, just go and check out the church's website, mormonandgay.org, to see the message the church has for its members and judge for yourself. So
0: this next section, um, he just talks real quickly about how there are members who isolate and mistreat their family, but the members who do that are are few and far between. Um, And... So I just want to say that, and, and I get what he, he means. I, there are plenty of stories about people where the son or daughter comes out and they kick them out of the house, or um, I've heard stories where the parents ask the child to change their last name because they didn't want them to be affiliated with the family. So yes, those are the extremes. But just that of, we have to ask what makes someone feel isolated or mistreated, So we we can look at those extremes, but we have to kind of look at what is the church's teaching. If I'm a member of the church and I feel like I have to follow those, those teachings, I'm taught that families are the most important thing. We have to be with our families in the life to come. And the choices that my family member is making, who's gay or lesbian, who's choosing to pursue those relationships, is not going to be able to be with the family so oftentimes while it's not a harsh you can't be part of the family it's not uncommon for parents to say hey we can fix this automatically go to this is a problem you are problematic and we can fix this what does that do to somebody this thing I've been dealing with and trying to figure out and feeling so ashamed about I finally come out to my family and their first response is hey you're broken but we can fix that that makes a person feel isolated even though it's done out of love you know we want to fix this because we want you to be with us in heaven and we want you to be able to be happy within the gospel that may be from a place of love or what the person feels like love but it is isolating and it does make the person feel mistreated and it does shun the person so to say that just these extremes are shunning or isolating is kind of ignorant he also states that people that do this do it not because of the church but in spite of the church. And then he references the Mormon and gay website. That website, if you look at it, it it's the same message. It, it is from a very place. We need to love these people. We shouldn't you know kick them out of our families, but there also is the very clear message that being gay, acting upon those those feelings is problematic it is a sin it is going against god's plan and that is not a helpful message for someone who's trying to figure this out the options that it shows you on there is you live the gospel and you live celibately or you live the gospel and you marry an opposite sex partner those aren't healthy options that's causing someone to not be true to who they are and causing them to not be honest about their life and many of these people live very miserably and causes them to finally either consider or actually take the action of taking their own lives because I'm not happy I'm told the only way I can be happy is in the gospel, but I'm in the gospel, I'm doing what I'm supposed to, I'm not happy, so I guess I just can't be happy in this life. Um, Or, there's also the message that, hey, in the next life you'll be perfect, and so these feelings will go away. Once again, I'm problematic, the only way I'm ever going to be happy is when I'm dead, so I might as well just speed up that process. So... We can say that these messages don't isolate people but they really do when we stop and think about it so let's listen a little more
1: furthermore i'm not claiming religious teachings play no role in the distress that gay people feel christ even admits explicitly that teaching about sin will cause anxiety but he also offers us a path to peace through his grace if we place our faith in Him and we try our best to follow Him, however imperfectly that may be. It also should be remembered that the sinful nature of homosexual behavior is not a Mormon doctrine. It's mainstream Christianity and has been for the last 2,000 years. And many other Christian faiths, especially in Baptist and evangelical circles, are far more harsh than the restored church, yet in the Bible Belt we see a relatively low rate of suicide.
0: So, in this section, he he talks about that religious um, teachings can cause distress. He's He's not arguing that. And so kind of what I'm hearing there is, okay, so we're admitting that this is a part of the problem. And regardless if you believe it's true or not, even if you believe that it is, to say that it's not part of the problem, that's not true. Yes, the religion... Religious teachings are causing distress, which are part of the problem. Um, he also says that this is not just a Mormon doctrine, and it's just a part of mainstream Christianity for the past 2,000 years. One, we don't know that. You, you say that, that this has been part of it for since Christ died. We don't know that. We don't know early, early, 2,000 years ago, Christian teachings around homosexuality. Really, there was only ever teaching about it In the last century before that it was just not really even brought up the word homosexuality was kind of an unknown unknown term before the 20th century so to say that oh this has just been a normal part of christianity for 2000 years no it it hasn't Um, the other piece is show me where it's part of christianity it's hard to even find a reference for it in the bible the one that's always used is in leviticus which everything else in leviticus christianity has pretty much rejected it's part of the old law and christ brought the new law this was the the one reference that could be termed as saying homosexuality is wrong is something that christians a lot of what everything else that's in that we, they don't even practice anymore that's where it talks about not eating shellfish and other things like that so to say that it's just part of christianity is not, not accurate. And there are a lot of Christian churches that are very open to homosexuality now as the issue has become more mainstream and current. He also talks about in places with harsher, with um, strong religious um you know convictions baptists evangelicals and states with high populations of that in the south that they have a relatively low suicide rate that is not true it's lower than utah but it's not relatively low it still is almost double what the well in some cases it's almost triple what the lowest states are and it's above what the national average is so to say that it's relatively low that's not true it's actually higher than the national average. So, um, well, yes, it is lower than Utah. It's not really low. So let's uh, continue and hear what else he has to say.
1: Still, the sad and tragic fact remains. Suicide is on the rise in Utah and many other places. The reality is that suicide is on the rise nationwide and in some areas more than others, and no one knows exactly why. Suicide is complex and varies from case to case. However, some themes have emerged that run fairly common among suicidal individuals. A recent study by suicide expert Dr. Ronald Maris found that social disconnect was a key common component in those who were suicidal. This makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Suicidal people are usually people who are not well connected socially. They are people who feel isolated and alone. The popular claim is that the church's rhetoric drives gay people to feel isolated. And while this may seem plausible, the data just does not back it up. As I already mentioned, the church's rhetoric in the last 20 years has been much softer, yet the results have been getting worse. So what's going on? What factors have changed since the 1950s when suicide rates were much lower? Think about it. Obviously the biggest change is that now, unlike in the past, society generally accepts and even extols homosexuality. That's what has changed. So what effect has this had? Well, we now live in a world where the message to young gays is that if your family and faith don't accept your behavior as moral, that means they don't love you. They are told by popular society that the idea of loving the sinner while hating the sin is a manipulative lie, and that their family and friends are backwards bigots. In addition, family members are essentially told that they either have to abandon the Lord's law of chastity or they don't really love their child. Many members feeling the pressure of this false choice feel that they must choose either their child or their church and they leave the church because of it or stay and become very resentful toward the church's adherence to the Lord's law of chastity.
0: Okay. So in this, he says that suicides... um are on the rise in Utah and nationally. Yes, we we understand that, and that there are. Since it doesn't have to do with the church's teaching, that there are other social or um, common themes. Uh, that being that people who commit suicide or feel suicidal feel a social disconnect. Um, they feel isolated and alone. Okay. First off, and he does talk about this in just a second, but first off, yeah. Of course, that's what's going on. That's what people are saying. People who are LDS, raised LDS, who are gay or lesbian, feel a social disconnect. They feel like they are not allowed to be um, part of that. Um, And he says that, yeah, that makes sense, but that the data doesn't back it up. And once again, he's going to this data that it's just we're comparing level of Mormon with suicide rates in the county. That's not the whole picture. You've got to talk to these people. That, yeah, that he admits that the church's, that the, the theory is that the church's rhetoric makes people feel um, a social disconnect. And yeah, that makes perfect sense. Just because your numbers that you're using don't quite paint the whole picture, doesn't mean that's not at least part of, if not a significantly big part of the problem. Um, he says that he uses that the church has been softening their rhetoric which we've already talked about they really haven't they've just kind of changed the way that they, they say it and he then goes to say that the real problem is is that society accepts gay people now and that I just have a really hard time with that people feeling accepted Is what's caused them to feel suicidal. And that they're getting the message. That if your family doesn't accept your behavior. That they don't love you. And families are getting the message. That they have to choose their child. Or the church. The truth is. What's causing that. Is people are realizing. Hey I'm accepted outside. People are okay with who I am. I don't have to be ashamed of it. I don't have to hide it. But yet I go to church. And I do. And my family are being taught that they need to do that too. They need to not maintain that kind of connection with me. Our our relationship has to change. You know, that me being gay, it's this big thing. And while, yeah, the church may be softening its rhetoric, it still is hard for a family. What they're taught is you can't be with your family if they're choosing this. They won't be allowed to be with you in heaven. So I don't think it's the acceptance and the love that is causing people to commit suicide. It's that they're feeling that love outside, but yet they're continually feeling disconnected and rejected from their family. And it's not that they're misinterpreting that, that their families aren't loving them, so they're being rejected. It's that this church that they love, that they've given their life for, many of them have served missions, that they're not really wanted if they pursue a relationship that they that means a lot to them that they they love and the way the church responds to this issue doesn't even make sense in a morality sense in that if let's say that i am a man a gay man married to a woman and i am cheating on my wife i'm going behind her back i'm sleeping with men i'm sleeping with a different guy every every day i'm skipping lunch going and and um you know having these affairs according to the church in that situation my behavior is could warrant a um, a disciplinary council where a possibility could be excommunication whereas if I was a gay man never married and I got into a relationship with another man we never had sex we got married before we had sex but we never had sex outside of the bonds of marriage I would automatically be excommunicated for that because I'm now an apostate because I married someone. So it really doesn't, doesn't make sense. It's better for me to cheat on my wife than it is to have a loving, um, monogamous committed relationship with another man is, is kind of what it's, um, well, I'm sorry. It's, it's worse to get married to a man, have a monogamous relationship, than to have a, um, than to be cheating on my wife. I said that backwards. So I apologize. So let's go on and um, listen to uh, what else he
1: has to say. Chastity in marriage. But am I overblowing this? Recently, to test how many people feel this way, I did a poll in the church-friendly group Mormon Building Bridges Facebook group, which has about seven thousand members if a person could love and accept a gay family member while still thinking that their behavior was sinful. Sadly, about 60% or the majority of people that responded said that a person didn't really love their family member if they felt their behavior was sinful and many told me that in order to really love my gay friends and family I would have to abandon my beliefs. To be honest it was both shocking and saddening to be told that I had to choose either one or the other, as if I could not choose both love and my faith. So who are the ones really making these gay Mormons feel isolated? The ones with an entire official website dedicated to the message that you are loved no matter what? Or the ones propagandizing the notion that the most intimate people in a gay person's life, their family, friends, and faith community, don't really love them and can't love them unless they abandon their faith? You see, if a gay person believes this propaganda, that all those around them that are saying we love you are not genuine, well, you can see why they might feel alone. Now consider that gay people that are coming to terms with their attractions are often put into a faith crisis as they try and reconcile the teachings of Jesus Christ with these attractions. And all while having society shouting that their faith, which in the past has sustained and strengthened them, is nothing more than a manipulative lie. Can you imagine what happens when they believe the propaganda that is being pushed by popular society? For many, they end up coupling the gut-wrenching pain and confusion of a faith crisis with the feeling that their family and friends don't really love them, and they end up feeling totally alone socially and spiritually. Michael Staley, the lead researcher of the Utah State Legislature's study that they're doing on this matter, recently emphasized the importance of protective factors, which essentially are things that help a person retain a reason to live. And certainly, family, friends, and faith are things that give people a reason to go on even when things are really hard and terrible. But it's precisely the modern rhetoric from the LGBT activists that alienates gays from faith, family, and friends within the church. Now to be fair, many LGBT groups offer a new community to join and try and at least fill the social void, which is a very noble intention. However, support groups are often a poor substitute for family and a faith community that have had years of shared experience, support, and culture, the loss of which is utterly heartbreaking. In addition, some of these support groups further the divide between families with rhetoric that promotes resentment towards family and faith instead of forgiveness and reconciliation.
0: So, um, about this section. So he talks about this poll that he did in the Mormons Building Bridges group. Mormons Building Bridges is a group, basically the idea is to try to bridge the gap between the LDS church and the LGBT community. So they... um, are an organization they support the church but want to try to um, make those who are LGBT feel that they are welcome in the church. With that said you also need to understand that many people in that group have problems with what the church teaches um, and don't agree with it 100%. Um, Also recognize that there are a lot of people in that group who have um, left the church uh, due to Uh, not agreeing with certain things. Um, I'm a member of that group and um, it's pretty clear how I I feel about certain things. So in in that poll he also says this group has 7,000 people and basically says that 60 percent of them feel this way. First of all I looked at the poll um, there were only 184 people who responded to that poll Um, so it was only 2.6 percent of the entire group um, has weighed in on that so it's not an accurate representation of the group second of all the way that the question was worded within that group is just can a person really love and accept an LGBT friend or relative if they believe their behavior is seriously sinful so um, and then you're just able to answer yes or no I, I don't think that allows for any understanding whatsoever. First of all, the way that question is worded with things like really love and seriously sinful, you're using words to um, exaggerate certain things and it makes it difficult for people to answer a black and white yes or no. There's a lot of gray area in, in um, in this. We need to talk to people. Why do they feel that way? Do you feel that... Um, I mean there's no understanding so um, that um, I I don't really agree with um, the way he chose to um, understand this group Um, so I, I feel like it was kind of manipulated and you know he says that you know there's who should we believe? The website that says love no matter what, what he's referring to is the church website, or a group that um, says that you can't love your family and stay active in the church. That is not true. That's not what that group teaches. It's not um, what it's about. Jacob is a member of that group. Jacob Hansen is the one who made this um, this YouTube video. He's part of this group on, on Facebook. And if you understand the group, that's that's not it. They're trying to figure out a very complicated situation. And it's not that um, people are you know, not feeling... Um, it's not that they say you can't love your family and have your faith, but that there's some complicated stuff in that. And it's not a clear-cut answer. And to say that the church teaches just to love no matter what... I disagree with that. That website doesn't teach that. It says to um it says to you should love your your family, but it also talks very sternly about um that person being a sinner and that God has um commandments and that you know there's law that needs to be followed and obeyed. And that um you know Elder Oaks who says a lot of this on that website has been known to say things in the past about um, you know, if your gay son brings home his partner, to tell him, you know, yeah, you can visit but you're not allowed to spend the night. Don't expect us to introduce you to any of our friends. Um, those kinds of things aren't saying love no matter what. That's saying love with conditions. Um, love your gay kid as long as they're living within the the gospel. Um, so once again, I, I don't really agree with what was, was said there. Um, so then Jacob also then goes back to saying that, um, that the problem is that society is shouting that you know, faith is manipulative, um, and that this thing, the faith that has sustained these people for so many years, um, now they're being told that they're not part of it, that um, you know, their family, if they're in that faith, that they're not going to support them. Again, that's not not the story. You're not talking to people to understand this. You're coming up with your own ideas. You talk to people, you realize that a lot of these people haven't felt supported and sustained over the years. Um, many, many of these people, if you ask them, you know, they say, "I'm staying in the church. I'm not dating men. I'm I'm going to marry a woman because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what God wants for me. That's what's going to make me happy." If you ask them, you know, if your family. Everything was the same with the church, but your family said that they were totally fine with whatever you did. They would support you 100% with whatever you chose. Would you still be choosing what you're choosing? Almost every time they say, no, I wouldn't. I I would choose to pursue a relationship with a man. There's so much fear of being... um, kind of kicked out of the family or just seen differently in their family that they stay it's not so much about the faith for most of them and many of them the reason it's not about the faith is because they haven't felt sustained in their in their struggles they have felt very marginalized and they felt pushed out and not part of um he then talks about michael staley who does the um uh who's been doing this study talks about protecting protective factors and he talks about family friends and faith um and that the he says that the gay rhetoric as he calls it isolates um and that they can kind of fill the void but um but that you know we're really telling these people leave their families that's not the case a lot of the times these people just feel like they aren't part of anymore um i was when I decided to come out I was summoned to a disciplinary council where I would have been excommunicated that doesn't feel like I'm wanted as part of excommunication as you are no longer part of this um, I couldn't be authentic to myself and be part of this and that's fine if that's what they want to believe but it's not welcoming that's not saying that I'm wanted that's saying I'm not wanted um, So that's kind of my thoughts on on that section. Let's listen to um,
1: the next little bit. So what's to be done if we really want to help those who deal with suicidal thoughts as they come to terms with their sexuality? Well, for starters, we need to stop driving wedges between gay people and their families. The church has actively been working to tell its members to love our friends and family members who are attracted to members of the same sex. But society is doing nothing to heal those divisions, but rather is exacerbating them by often implying a false ultimatum in which a person has to choose between believing in the teachings of Jesus Christ or loving their child. The world we live in only functions when we are able to live and let live, when we are able to love those who hold different opinions, when love is not contingent on agreement, And it seems more and more that this notion is being lost. I want to close by saying to any of you who use Jesus Christ as an excuse to shun or resent your dear brothers and sisters that are in need, shame on you. You do not know Christ and I have no doubt that you will be accountable to God for your actions. And to those family members who truly do love both their gay children and the savior's law of chastity, please remember that you can love both. Never stop reaching out in love and kindness. The world may tell them that we hate them, but I am sure that our actions can speak louder than our words. Lastly, to my many gay friends and family members, I want to say publicly and without reservation that I love you and that I'm here for you. We may not agree on all things, We may not have the same interests, but we don't have to. In fact, if there is anything that my faith teaches me, it is that I am most especially to love those who are different than me. I hope you can believe me, even when there are so many voices that would have you believe that I'm not being genuine. I hope that my actions speak louder than these words. And if they ever have not, or ever do not, I sincerely apologize. My only hope is that you can love me too even though i come to the table with so many flaws and sins of my own in the end i hope we can heed president uckdorfs wise words to not judge one another simply because we sin differently hey if you enjoyed this video give it a like and hit the subscribe button thanks for watching
0: okay so that was that was it that's the the remainder of um, the audio from that pot um, from that uh, YouTube video. So, what we um, so the last few things that he, that Jacob said was, um, you know, what's to be done um, as these people try to come to terms with their sexuality, and he proposes that um, we need to stop um, spreading this idea that. Uh, that people's families don't love them. And I agree with that. Of course we don't want people to think their families don't love them. Um at the same time um you know, he says the church has been actively been telling people to love their um you know, their gay family members. And yeah, in words somewhat they have with that website. But underneath it all, it's love your family. But you don't have to be okay with this and you don't have to be okay with this and don't support them in this. What does that feel like? We, we have to stop and look that this is not just my kid came home and he's been using drugs. This is my son has come home and he's in love with somebody, which for most of us, that's the most amazing experience of our lives. And to come home and say that and to have your family say, yeah, well, we can't support that. Um, you know, we love you, but we can't support that. We love you, but your um, spouse um, is not allowed to come to um, holidays Um, or your spouse can come to holidays but you aren't allowed to sleep in the same bedroom though those things hurt people this thing that is so amazing that we all search for in our lives love to have the people most important to you present an idea that they are um, that this is wrong and you know what if they believe that great they don't need to say it um, and the church has been saying these things so to say that the church is actively telling people to love yeah they are but then there's all these um... conditions within that um, jacob then goes on to say you know those of you who do shun um, you know, gay members of the church shame on you um, you do not know Christ and you'll be held accountable. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I also think that Christ would be handling all of this much, much differently, that there would be much more discussion on trying to understand these people and their experience rather than just presenting some data and making assumptions based on that. Um, they We wouldn't have things happening like Elder Oaks's conference talk in October, which was um, seen as very um, hateful to many um, LGBT people. Um, In Circle, which is a um, youth and family, LGBT youth and family resource center in Provo, stays open on, they're not normally open on Sundays, but they stay open on conference Sunday. And they always have a, when that talk happened, they had a flood of kids coming in there who were just feeling lost. That's not showing love, that's showing that there is um, just a major disconnect and, and really presenting a feeling of that these people are not loved or wanted. Um. And... Yeah, so those are kinda of my thoughts on on this, this talk. I felt like this, or this YouTube video, I felt like this was pretty damaging. And while I, I'm going to assume that Jacob was trying to do good with this in trying to correct what he saw as a problem, I don't think he realized how damaging what he's saying could be for certain people. This is a complicated topic, it's difficult. And we have to tread it very, very carefully. And that makes it really easy to say things that can be be damaging. So I want to encourage you all make your own opinion on this. This is my these are my thoughts, but figure out what you think on this. Form your own opinion. You heard what Jacob had to say, you heard kind of my critique of that decide how you feel, what you think about it, because um, it's something we should all know what we're experiencing, it, what we, how we all feel about it, because whether we think we do or not, we are all touched, our lives are all touched by an LGBT person, whether we know it or not, um, a lot of these people are closeted, a lot of these people don't feel like they can come out, and you may know one very well, it could be a spouse, it could be one of your children, it could be a a sibling or a parent or who knows we're all touched by it so with that that concludes um, episode number two of Rainbow Mormon podcast uh, I do want to invite you I'm doing some of my own research and have been for a little while on the topic of suicide in Utah and I have a survey that I've um, I'm trying to get more people to uh, to fill out. I've had about just over 600 people fill it out. It takes less than five minutes, honestly. And I really am trying to get more um, non-LDS or people with uh, non-LDS backgrounds, um, people not from Utah and men to fill this out. So um, whether you fit that or not, please fill it out. I want as many people as possible. But if you could share it with people, That would be awesome. I'll post the link for that on the Rainbow Mormon Podcast uh, Facebook page, which is, if you search for Rainbow Mormon Podcast, you'll find it on there. Please go on there, like it, please subscribe to this podcast. and um, You can also go and check out our website, which is at um, uh, rainbowmormon.org. And if you have any questions, comments, uh, concerns, uh, things you'd like me to look at um, in future podcasts, please send me an email. Uh, My email address is rainbomormon at gmail.com. For this episode, the music was by Red Dot Session, and the artwork that can be found on our website and on the Facebook page is by Jamie Webb. Thank you. Have a great day, and... I hope you will join us next time.